Voice. That, that was his actual voice. That's guys, unbelievably terrible. Guys, I lost my voice. This no, seriously, you're not joking. This I'm is not just, joking. Oh my gosh! Go ahead, finish your intro. You still want to do this tonight? Yeah, are, I, are we? No, do your stupid hey, intro. I'm a trooper. I'll do it. Hey, welcome to Mama's Christian Podcast. This Christian is podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. We're not gonna have any new listeners after this one. I'm your host, Shane. Hey, Topper. Say, hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Eric, what is wrong with your voice? I know. Dude. Oh my gosh! Dude, this, so this is Monday night that we're recording this. I woke up Sunday morning and I was like, I had to preach. I was like, what am I gonna do? This is this is tough. But then, you know, and eventually my voice got a little bit better, good enough to preach the sermon. And it was totally a god thing because I I I, I preached. I got off the stage, and I, as I was saying hi to people who were leaving, my voice was gone. It was like giving up on me. So like the minute that I finished preaching, it was just like done. And so yeah, it's this is this is how I am now. This is just for the rest of my life. This is how he is. I, I, I accept you for who you are. I seriously don't Thanks. know if I could edit this podcast. I can't listen to this voice of yours. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't uh, don't cough into uh, the mic. First off, it sounds terrible. Number two, we don't know which mic is which. Yeah. So I so well, Topper right, might have that mic next week. Well, I'm just making up for the amount of time I've, that Topper has yeah. farted into a directly mic. into the mic. I've, I have done that if, yeah. every week. Yeah, a lot of times we'll just be sitting with my headphones on, getting ready to go, and you just hear a fart. And I'm like, what? And then Topper just pulls a mic out of that's, his butt. That's my mic it check. It is funny though. That's my mic check. It is funny. One of us is going to get pink eye. Yeah. Do you put the mic in your eye? No, but you never know. You slip, you slip, you sneeze, you cough. <laughs> you sneeze. Oh, yeah. fuck your eye. <laughs> right in the eye. Shane, I can't take you seriously at I all know. with that terror. You sound like you're going through puberty. I know. It's tough. You're, <laughs> we, we, had, we just had an interview, and your voice yep. had, your voice actually sounded better during that interview. Yeah, well, that's we, because I was trying really hard, <laughs> and now I'm losing it. No, you <laughs> know what? No, it's kind of cool. It's kind of like smooth and raspy. There's nothing raspy. cool about this voice. Ooh. Yeah, oh. sing, there is give me no. a, sing a little raspy song for us, Shane. Oh, a little sing raspy. A little, what's, what's hey, good? who's that well, who's one guy with a really raspy voice who sang uh, from a long time ago? What's that song? You know oh. what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think. I don't know his name. Or though. you could do Macy Gray. She has a raspy voice. Oh, what song does she sing? <laughs> I don't really. Remember. I don't remember Macy Gray song. Any. <laughs> I mean, you could do a Goo Goo Dolls song. You could do Iris. He has a raspy voice. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the lyric. <laughs> um, oh, what's the movie lyric? I try to say goodbye and I choke. Oh, that's Macy Gray. I try to uh, walk I away like and yeah. I stumble. Ooh. And I try to hide it. You don't know any of the lyrics, first off. <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Hold on. I don't want to kind the moment of truth in your life. When everything <laughs> feels like the movies, movies. I just yeah, want you bleed to just to know you're alive. And, and I, I don't want the world to heal see me. See me. To heal me. I, <laughs> no, I don't think that they understand when, when everything's made to be broken. I just, I just want you to know who I am. 
Oh, good. guys, this is not helping my voice. <laughs> this, this is not helping your voice, voice getting or worse. or our podcast. People are gonna growing. be like, "Whoa, this is terrible." If there's any new people listening, sorry. First off, we're gonna get a bad review, number one, and they're never gonna listen again. Generally speaking, my voice is smooth. <laughs> that is not true. Yeah. All right, um, what what do we got going on today, Top? All right, so today. Um, what? Oh, no. Wow. You're talking loogie? Swallow it. Swallow it. Hold on, hold on. We'll stop. Swallow it. Swallow it. All this singing is bringing loogies up. Swallow it. Go ahead. He swallowed it. It was so big, I You know, there's a cup right next to you. You could have just No, that's a water cup. There's nothing in it. Don't do that. Oh, how funny would have been if you did it. And then at night. I reused that. At night, you went and drank out of it. Dang it. bedroom right now. If you hawk up another loogie, just just okay. slowly just got it. All right, top. Sorry. Oh, man. I, mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, no, I didn't. Shane did. That's okay. Hawking up loogies. I did mean to. That's okay. That's okay. So, um, actually, our int- I'm sorry. He's not our intern anymore. Wow. But he did step it up because Eric was able to arrange an interview for us with Aaron. You're acting like I haven't arranged every interview. Thanks for doing this for the first time. (laughs) Eric was nice enough to arrange this interview with Aaron Noel. Uh, He is actually a Christian alcoholic. That's kind of what he goes by. That's his Twitter handle and everything. Yeah, it's his uh, blog and stuff like that. Right. And so... um, we had him. We actually have him on for an interview, and uh, we we go on to talk about his book, which is AA versus the American Church, and he draws some interesting correlations and parallels between them. And so, um, yeah, we you know we're we, going to get right into it. Yeah, we th- it was, we thought it was it was an interesting topic just in general. Um, we talk a lot about just being vulnerable. Which is a lot what his book's about too, yeah. um, but we get into all that stuff. So um, Shane, unless you want to sing another song, we can no, go right to I the interview. Good. Get no more songs. No, to sing. I, think, I think I'm good to go. <laughs> With arms wide open. Oh wow, a little greed, no, huh? No one like that. Okay, so let's get to the interview <laughs> with Aaron. All right, guys, we're joined by Aaron Noel. Aaron, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. So um, we found out about you, I think, through Twitter. Um, yeah, and then we were just messaging back and forth, and you sent us your book, and we really liked it. So we're really glad to have you on. But I just wanted to find out just what's your story. How did you um, decide to? This where, where did you? Where did your life? Where did Aaron begin? And where where did it lead to? Lead you? Uh-huh. Terrible yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> starting hey, starting from the Aaron, womb. Okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, Where's your life? Like, I should have wrote that question, question down. Is that? Yeah, I don't know if you want to know from conception, but <laughs> a little bit. Not so, a great start so far. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I'm from Connecticut, Waterbury, Connecticut. Um, been born and raised here. Um, but, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, went to Christian schools all my life, that type of thing. So grew up in the church. Um, and then I went to a high school, it was a Catholic high school, but, you know, none of the kids were really, really hardcore into religion or anything like that. So that's what was my first exposure to kids drinking and drugs and stuff like that. So kind of a wake up call. And then my first drink didn't happen until I was a senior in high school, um, right at the end of the senior year, right before our high school graduation. So for me, what happened was it was the perfect storm. If I went to college away from home, 
not I was still in Connecticut, but I wasn't living home anymore. And I had a huge falling out with a bunch of my Christian friends. I can't even remember what it was about. But there I was on a Christ, uh, on a college campus, and I had all this alcohol and everything available to me. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, started drinking like most kids do before they're 21, and really just developed a real bad habit of using alcohol to cope with the things that I didn't like about myself. Um, I've always been a shy person, struggled with anxiety most of my life. And I guess would use that to kind of numb the anxiety, numb the hate I felt for myself and just really, really just went down the path of just using that as medication. Yeah. Well, and what I, what I noticed about your story is that there wasn't like any big thing that happened or anything that besides like you had a falling out, but it wasn't like a, this, a terrible upbringing or anything like that. It was just literally like normal high school, college things, which pe- we have falling outs and all that stuff. Um, and just, you found your best way to cope with whatever things you didn't like about yourself, where some people might cope with by use by looking at porn or by whatever, then you're just happen to be alcohol. is what you're saying, right? Yeah. And, I mean, what led me to AA was um, about 2013, I met my fiance, who's now my wife. Um, she's a, She had two kids uh, before. Um, so I all of a sudden, I found myself in this relationship with a awesome girl. She had two awesome kids. So I was in this father role out of nowhere. And I just didn't deal with any of the self-hate I had for myself. So I was still drinking a lot, doing a bunch of things like that. Um, and on Memorial Day 2015, uh, we had a party for her for her birthday at the apartment. And I drove home really, really drunk around 2 in the morning. And I crashed into a light pole that came down and hit the top of my car. Oh, gosh. Totally, yeah. Somehow was able to drive my mangled car home to my parents' house um, and then went to the emergency room and stuff like that. But that's what made me go into A was that um, near-fatal accident. She ended up calling off the wedding and everything. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, we're married now, so the, it does have a happy ending. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, I was just a typical Christian that drinks too much, which isn't anything special. But for me, mine all of a sudden became public because you can't really hide, yeah. uh, you know, it, driving into a pole. Yeah. And that's where um, I really had to make a choice of how do I want to deal with this. And I realized that, unfortunately, the church isn't the best place for someone with a drinking problem to go to because even though there's so many Christians with drinking problems, none of them are talking about it. So, so did you did you uh, go to the church first, or did you just not feel comfortable to even go to the church with this problem? No, well, see, my fiance at the time, my wife now, she didn't give me a choice. She was like, "We're meeting with your pastor at Panera." Oh. <laughs> 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 um, I showed up, and my pastor just point blank looked at me and said, "You're an alcoholic," and I said, oh, "Okay." Um, Did you have a good relationship with your pastor at that point? Oh, no, I have a great relationship with my pastor. My pastor I've actually known since I was born. Oh, okay. It's that type of That definitely thing. changes whether just a guy you kind of knew or yeah. someone you've known yeah, forever. Yeah, so he, he, he was a good person to say it. But um, 
So he told me, you know, you're an alcoholic. I wasn't sure that I was. Um, I don't really believe you can be an alcoholic in the sense that, um, you know, I think there's no such thing as alcoholism as a disease. You're not just born with it or something like that. Yeah. To me, it's more something that happens because you don't want to deal with a problem or some issue you're trying to escape. Alcoholism is really just something that's kind of a man-made thing that it's nothing that we're just born with and can't escape. So he recommended I go to AA and I thought about it and I just realized that I couldn't talk to anybody in the church about it. So even though I didn't think I was an alcoholic and I knew I wasn't going to go in AA and go to AA meetings for the rest of my life, I knew I needed to be around people that were actually talking about their problems just to figure out where I was with mine. So, so I, I wanted to piggyback off something you just said. Um, so I've always heard that alcoholism runs in the family, yeah. that it's a gene- it could be a genetic thing. Like you said, it's a disease. So um, why – and, and I'm naive to whether that's even true or not. But um, so, why, so why do you believe that it's not that and it's, it's just more of a something that you just do or fall into? Um, I guess personally, I guess believe like when I read the Bible and the Bible talks about you know, God's the God that heals of, heals us of our diseases and, you know, came to cast away sin, our sin and stuff. I just, I just don't believe it's something we have to, to just wear our whole lives. Yeah. I think it's just, thing. I think we all have a choice. Um, so with alcoholism, I don't believe it's something that you're just born with. It's not just because my dad maybe had a drinking problem. My dad didn't. But let's just say my dad had a drinking problem. It's not. I don't just have one because I was his son, you know? Yeah. Um, I may have be more influenced too because I've seen it, but I believe we all have, you know, the ability with Jesus to really, you know, have our own, our lives go the way he intended, not the way, you know, you don't alcohol. Have, you don't have to be defi- defined by, by what, by your shortcomings or those sort of things. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, that's what I'm pretty much trying to say. Like, you just don't have to, you don't have to sign up to be an alcoholic. You know, yeah. you have an option to just say you're not. Um, just because you have a problem with it, I believe there's, you know, ways out of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so what made you decide to, to write this book that, that you wrote? I didn't want to write the book, honestly. Um, <clears throat> I didn't have any plans on writing. I wanted to write a book on faith, actually, for a few years. But I was in a few meetings. The pastor said, to me he said you know this might be your bible school and for him he he always talks about how he learned the most about you know being a christian when he worked at a diner because he had to deal with different types of people he had to actually learn what it was to you know walk out his faith and to talk with non-believers to be a christian in public settings and stuff like that and so that's what i really I realized as I was going to AA that I was really learning about the church and not just, I wasn't just going to AA meetings. Um, so I guess looked at parallels between AA and the church because, I mean, AA was started by two Christians. Yeah. So there's a bunch of parallels. But I guess realized, you know, the reason AA is effective is because people show up and they're honest about who they are. And it's just really an honest conversation between people. And no one's trying, no one's coming in pretending to be 
some type of anything. They're just, you know, this is who I am. This is what I did this week. And this is how I feel about it. And I just realized that that was missing my whole life. You know, just honesty was missing my whole life. I, I never really had gone to a church where people were just talking about, you know, things that they were going through. It was all just, you know, hi, how are you doing? I had a great week and then just see you next week type of yeah, thing. Yeah, putting so. that mask on at church and being fake. We see it all the time at churches. Yeah. and Yeah. Yeah, and Aaron, I thought it was really cool. And that's one thing you just touched on was that some of the common themes in this book was honesty and uh, humility. Those were two of the big things that you touched on. And um, one thing that I was thinking is, you know, what if we did approach the church uh, like an AA meeting and how you said that, you know, in AA, when you're introducing yourself, you're saying, you know, hi, I'm Eric, I'm an alcoholic. You know, what if we, you know, did that when talking to another member in the congregation, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Eric, I'm a sinner. You know, that could change the whole dynamic of church and how we go about it. And it could start some meaningful conversations and to let everybody know this is a safe place. We're all here. We all have struggles kind of stuff. So I thought, I thought that was really cool. I've seen it so many times and I've done it myself. And when you put on this mask, when you're at church, it's, it's easy to tell all the other people that aren't sure if they even want to go to church that, Hey, you need to like step up a little bit. You need to make sure you dress a certain way or whatever. It's just a subtle way of telling people that, a lot of times don't want to go to church because they feel like the, the church will burn down or whatever. Um, if we can just all be open and real, just like you were saying, um, it is at AA and that's what helped you there, then then the church would grow so much more and, and be a place where people can actually recover um, rather than some of the other places. Yeah, I mean, it's just an approach. I guess, you know, I noticed the difference between AA and the church is then people show up to an AA meeting, they're showing up in an honest posture. They're showing up ready to say who they are. They're ready to share who they are. They're not showing up, you know, trying to deflect and trying to perfect themselves, you know. Yeah. Whereas church, you're just trying to, you're really just trying to get in, you know, appear to have it all together, you know, get through the sermon and just, you know, say you had a good week. You know, say, like, bless your brother, I'll be praying for you, just get out. There's really no, there's, you don't see a lot of people going to church ready to talk about, you know, what's really happening. They're just really just trying to, you know, make the rounds type of thing. Well, and I remember um, the uh, I went to one NA meeting for somebody uh, close to me. You were there too, right, Eric? I think. I think so. Oh, maybe you weren't. So I, I went to um, an NA meeting for uh, for a family member a few years ago um, to support him because he he was um, uh, reaching a milestone, and I forget exactly what milestone. It might have been a year or something like that, um, clean. And uh, and and walking in, and that it was my only experience in any of those sort of meetings. But I remember walking in and having the thought of, man, this is more welcoming than like a lot of churches that I've been to in my life. Uh, nobody knew who I was. Um, I could have been a random person who just walked in off the street and they didn't know that I was there to support this person. But instead, everybody came up to me, hugged me, um, introduced themselves to me, asked me who I was, uh, were curious about me and, and wanted to learn more. And it felt like uh, felt like it was home almost. Um, and, and that is a hard thing to do when it's your first time going somewhere. So there's something there uh, that with with this connection between AA or or NA and the church. And um, there's a lot that, that the church can learn from the way that um, AA handles uh, their meetings. 
Yeah, I mean, I just think we have to be okay with taking a critical look at the church, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Christians are scared to just to say anything bad about it, and it's not that I'm trying to come against the church, but at the end of the day, we got to realize it's it's not working, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Christians that are addicted or struggling with things, and they're just not able to talk about it, and that's a problem. Um, and like you said, going to the, that meeting, it's easier to be honest if there's uh, if people are going out of their way to say, hey, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so AA does a good job of making a person who's new feel important and feel welcome, yeah. which makes them more likely to share their story because they feel that people there genuinely care about them. They can be um, vulnerable so- and yeah. So you go into a lot of churches and, you know, you have people just hanging out by the coffee bar. No one really goes out of their way to say hi to someone new coming in. There's just not, you know, there's just not an atmosphere of, okay, I can talk here. It's just more of an atmosphere of, you know, be quiet, listen, and see you next week. Yeah. So so then what are things that, that you think the church could do differently to encourage some of that, um, uh, some of that connection that, that we're talking about? I mean, I just think the church just needs to, you know, stop thinking, stop overthinking just church. You know, church is just a simple gathering of Christians that are all broken. And I just, you know, I just think that as churches, we just need to just be honest with each other. Um, I I talk about in the book, I think, we would see the church change dramatically if Christians started answering the question, how is your week, honestly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you, we hear that, you hear that question anytime you go to anything in the church, you know, how is your week? And no, everyone just says good. Yeah. But if we actually started answering that question, you know, like, actually, you know, I've had a hard time this week. Um, finances have been tight. And, you know, I really took it out on my wife this week. And in half these conversations that are, you know, because really there's no better place for us to go than the church to deal with these problems. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, to be around other Christians that, um, you know, are going through the same things and, you know, are reading the same Bible, believe in the same Jesus. You know, we're supposed to encourage each other, but we're not giving each other the opportunity to encourage us because we're not being honest with anybody. Mm-hmm. And I think at the same time, um, though, it that's hard to happen on Sunday mornings. Um, it, mm-hmm. it's difficult and most people aren't going to feel comfortable walking in. And then if someone says, Hey, how are you? Um, it's, it, and most people just aren't comfortable sharing more than that, not just at church, but in any setting when you're meeting somebody, um, you know, for the first time, or when you're just walking into a new, or, or when you're walking to the same place, like when you go to work, um, you know, you don't walk in and someone says, Hey, how was your day? And you spill your guts out to them. And so Sunday morning to me, I don't think is really the the most opportune time to do that. But that's why we encourage things like small groups. That's why we encourage things like connecting throughout the weekend. And I think that the biggest way that church fails and that AA succeeds is that AA has, um, you have like a, a mentor or a buddy. I don't know the exact word that, that, that they use, um, but yeah. someone who follows up with them throughout the week and, uh, and holds people accountable and will check in. 
And I think that that's where the church really lacks is that on a Sunday morning, okay, you may come in and just say, yeah, my week is fine. But if there's no connection throughout the rest of the week, that's where we really drop the ball. And that's where somebody can feel honest about what it is that they're going through and what it is that they're struggling with. But why But why is the church something that like, yeah, you could just, just kind of say, like, why Why isn't it what, what Aaron's saying? I think it's because what we kind of already been addressing, um, and I'm guilty of this as much as anybody, but um, when you walked into the NA meeting, uh-huh. you felt loved immediately. Yeah. How many times do new people show up at our church and they either feel like they're just something that we're just trying to get them to come to our church, that's what we really care about, but they don't actually feel loved or cared yeah. because you a lot something. of people, yeah, because a lot of people don't go out of their way to make them feel loved or cared. And that's when you start to be more open, when you're when you feel like you can be open. Yeah. And so... I, if the church could start doing that in a better way, and I'm the I'm just as guilty about not doing it because at church I find myself being around the people that I'm comfortable with and just hanging out with them and not like talking to some of the new people or some people I don't know as well. Um, but there's ways that we can make it where people can now feel comfortable to say, "Hey, how you doing today?" Well, I mean, not doing that great because because I've seen in our church where we'll see somebody gone for like a month. And we'll go, what happened? And some churches go, well, I guess they're whatever. So at times we've messaged those people or try to find out. And once we, there's one thing I'm thinking of that when we finally reach out to them and talk to them, they were so depressed yep. and like suicidal that yeah. that's why they didn't want to come. And But they're not going to tell you because of that. So if the church isn't a caring, loving place, like AA comes off as, like NA does, then no one's going to be open. Yeah. So I think the reason why people aren't open is the church's fault more than anybody else's fault. And it could be an area, and of course small groups are a great way to do that, and that looks more like the church than just a Sunday morning anyways. Um, of course of course, we, small groups is a good right way, but I think it's a problem if churches aren't away at all. But, but everything that you said are things that don't happen on Sunday mornings. Like the, the the things that impacted somebody is when you connected with them outside of church. Yeah. So on a Sunday morning, like if I'm if I'm struggling, if I'm having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month, and I show up somewhere and someone asks me how I'm doing, I don't want to tell them. But it, dep- it depends on who asks you, though. Yeah, that's true. But even even if even if my best friend, even if the Topper comes up and asks me something, if I'm in a public setting with other people around, I don't want to spill my guts right there. But if Topper followed up with me later in the week or later that day and said, hey, I can tell that there's something off. Then it's a little bit different, but it, it is that continual follow-up. But, it, you know, you can't force somebody to, to share what's going on, you know? Um, and uh, all, all that you can do is continue to be there for them. And make it a setting, and make it a where, setting. where they feel like they can. I agree. But Which, even if yeah, I, I mean, know it's the safest setting, if there are certain times where I know Topper loves me no matter what, but I don't want to share everything depending on where I'm at. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I hear you. I just think um, church just needs to be a place where people are just honest at all, like in general. Mm -hmm. So obviously, yeah, you're right. You're not going to say, you know, if someone asks you, hey, how are you doing? And church, you're not going to say, I looked at porn all week. Like No one's going to say that. But it's just saying things that, for me, I went to church so many times where I was, you know, I was hung over mm-hmm. from drinking the night before. And instead of just saying, I'm not doing great, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about like, you just have to 
you have to be honest just in a little bit. Yeah. When I said good every week, my friends were like, oh, he's fine. Yeah. Literally, I was, you know, drinking myself stupid. Yeah. Um, if I just said, you know, I'm not doing I'm not doing great this week so that they can follow up, yeah. you know, because I mean, church itself isn't a place to for us to just have uh, tons of conversation with each other because church is really there to serve as a body to serve a community. It's really the small groups and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm. But if people can't be honest enough to just say I'm having a bad week on Sunday morning, they're not going to be odd. honest with on the small group on Thursday night. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just think it's just we got to. It's kind of just really just going back to basics. We just really have to realize that, it, you know, it's it's really a selfish thing. I think because we realize we think as Christians, I thought me personally, like I'm the only one who struggles with this. Yeah. So and then you you disqualify other people you're like they can't relate to me so you don't even talk about your problems with other people um so i think as christians we just have to start really just realizing that look you're you're not that special where you're the only one who has a drinking problem you know you're not the only one who looks at self you're not supposed to look at you know we really just need to start really having these conversations with each other and we, and all, we don't have to separate Sunday morning church and small group church because it's all church, mm-hmm. and and that's yeah. why we encourage small groups because it is easier there, but it doesn't mean that it, that it should be that the Sunday morning or Saturday night, whatever the service is, should be a place that you can't do that. And we should try to be as honest as possible. Yeah. But as a church, it's our job to try to make it vulnerable for that. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, and also I know um kind of switch gears a little bit. I know in the book you talked about the uh, the twelve steps and how a lot of people in AA they treat that as a checklist which kind of had me thinking that's very similar to, you know, a Christian. And when, you know, when they're saved, they accept, they accept Christ. They think that's kind of like the end all be all when really this is a walk. This is a continual process. So why is it important? Because I know you mentioned to, that it goes beyond this, this 12 steps. So why is it important to continue going to meetings? Because I think you said something like, you know, you're never truly, you know, you know an alcoholic they need to continue to do this in order to really stay sober. Yeah, I mean, you're just never, as a Christian, you're never going to reach a level of Christianity where you don't need fellowship. Right. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you're never gonna reach a level where you don't need the Bible anymore. You know, you are, or prayer. You know, these are things that are supposed to be continually happening for us daily. Um, <clears throat> so. I just noticed that as um, I went to AA, it wasn't people weren't just ready to get to 12, step number twelve so they could be done with it. They were ready to get to 12, step number twelve so that they could go back to step number one. Okay. Um. So, <clears throat> you know, it's just we just as Christians, I think we all need to always have fellowship. We all need to be a part of a body in the in our Bibles. Like these are things we can't really afford to be lax with you know or just put to the side these are things that we're supposed to be doing you know all throughout our lives you know i mean i mean i'm sure you guys read the bible today and you you'll read a chapter of a book that you've read a thousand times and all of a sudden something changes you see it in a different way and you know i've been to tons of small groups and some of them seem boring and sometimes i don't get anything from them but then there's always that one day where someone says the perfect thing at the perfect time and or you get that perfect prayer from somebody but we just as christians have to just always 
be diligent and doing the little things that seem, you know, insignificant at the time, but we really just got to keep doing them if we really want to <clears throat> finish the race strong, you know. And understand that you you never are there. Like, just because you made it, like, just made it because you made it to the twelfth step doesn't mean that okay. I'm don't need I don't need to worry about alcohol anymore because I got that tackled now. No, for for your whole life, if you'll have to be careful to keep that in check. Just like as long as we're alive as followers of Jesus, w- there's room to grow. Until we are twins with Jesus, there's room to grow. In some area, there's always a next step to take, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would your opinion be when it comes to? the new trend, uh, which is for Christians to um, really just be openly drinking and and just that kind of idea. Because it it's come to the conclusion now that, and people, if you read the Bible enough, then you understand that drinking isn't a sin because the Bible has no indication that it is. So yeah. more churches are starting to get on that bandwagon, and then we see things like Perry Noble and other pastors that, um, end up abusing alcohol um, because they've just said, well, it's not a sin, and then fall into the trap of what the early church was trying to stop. So what would your what's your thoughts when it comes to Christians and alcohol today? Um, well, let me just start by saying that when I, after the accident, I went a year without drinking. Yeah. Um, and after we got married, I started drinking again. And a couple, a lot of Christians were just like, what are you doing? And, you know, I, like the Bible says, it's not a sin, but, you know, some Christians just go overboard with it. But I think it's just, if you can't go a month without a beer, you know, there might be, might be a problem. Something. So it's really just, if anything you do in secret, if you're keeping it a secret, I think there's you know, alarm. If you can't be honest about the fact that you're going out to have drinks like all the time yeah. and you can't talk to other Christians about it, I think that's where the problem is. So where, so like for instance, Perry Noble, <clears throat> he used alcohol for something it wasn't intended to be um, used for. Yeah. He couldn't deal with the pressure of, you know, being a mega church pastor, all the stuff he had to do. And he was, going to alcohol to deal with stuff that he should have been talking to other people about. So, um, so for Christians and alcohol, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, I'm a huge craft beer fan. Yeah. Um, so I like to drink craft beers. I like to learn about different beers and how they're made. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if I'm, you know, if I'm being irresponsible with my finances to have another drink, if I'm, you know, spending more time at the bar than I am with my wife and with um, our kids at home, you know, things like that. That's where it really gets into an issue. And it's really, if you, if you aren't honest and open with your friends about your drinking, then I think that's where you start to see Christians fall off. It's ones that don't want to come clean and talk about it with their friends that are the ones that you see, you know, develop the big problems. When I think that it's important when it comes to any, um, area that that may be a gray area like uh now we i think that we we can all agree and the bible is very clear that obviously drunkenness is wrong and drinking in excess is wrong but doing anything in excess you know can be wrong um but 
um, you know, when it comes to an area of whether or not it's okay for a Christian or any person to have a drink, um, as Christians, I think that we need to ask ourselves, what makes us different? What separates us from the rest of the world? And, uh, and, and when it comes to this new trend, like Eric was talking about with um, a lot of Christians who are drinking now, um, there really is no separation between the world and the church. And um, there should be. Uh, there, there, there should be um, a way that we can look at Christians and followers of Jesus and say, yeah, we are different from the world. But at the same time, I don't think that that necessarily means that for every single person, you can't have a drink or you can't have a drink. I think it depends on the person. But I also believe this. I believe that there are more people who should not drink because they cannot control themselves than there are people who are able to control themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And I really think it's just about why are you having the drink in the first place? Yeah, yeah almost everything you know? is the is the heart behind it. Yeah. There yeah. is very the older I'm getting the more I'm realizing it's not most things aren't black and white. It's it's what's the true heart and motive behind it because you can't say that drinking is a sin because then you have to explain why Jesus turned water into wine. So, and yeah. you, you can't do. But at the same time, there there's just like anything in life, whether it's it's that or smoking or whatever, if you go too far, then you can get into a bad spot where God doesn't want you to go and it's not what's best for your life. So, every person has to be aware that just because something might not be a sin, for that person, it may not be permissible. It's, that's what it says in the Bible. And that's an individual thing. And like you were saying, some of those warning signs of if you're doing it in secret or you're always turning to it or you can't go a month without it, then those are some big warning signs of, oh, you better be careful of this and you better either step back or step away completely. Yeah, and I think we just have to um, not be afraid to hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not like, I only drank by myself. I was around Christians over drinking sometimes and people were too scared to say anything Yeah, because they didn't want to offend me. They didn't want to, you know, appear judgmental and that over concern, you know, kept me from really addressing the problem when yeah. I should have and it kept the problem going. So, you know, it's really a lot of these, a lot of Christians and Christians and drinking today, it's, becoming a big thing because we're getting more and more afraid to really call each other out. Mm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being called out if it's done in a loving, from a loving place, you know? So I should have been called out years ago and, you know, I things wouldn't have gone as far as they did. So, you know, I don't think it's a problem as long as Christians are okay with calling each other out and being called out. Um, because, you know, again, we can talk about how, drinking isn't a sin getting drunk is and just really just being practical about it like if you're getting buzzed when you drink you have you're getting drunk yeah. and stuff you know call, calling things for what they are yeah. mm -hmm. um i think we would we would end the issue i guess you know being real with what people are doing and yeah so and it's starting to like it's starting to swing and for a while it was on the one side where like the church was super against drinking. Do not ever. Do not ever, which is bad, which yeah. is wrong. And now it's on the other side where most churches are like, yeah, yeah, do your thing. And you just need to be careful on that side. There's always, no matter what extreme it is, there's always dangers in it. Because, yeah, you might have some something that's right on this extreme of, yeah, it's fine because according to the Bible it is. But then 
people are going to fall into traps and and do things. So like you were saying, if we have the accountability and people that love us enough, not just want our acceptance, but actually love us enough to say what they need to say to us, we need to have guardrails in our life when it comes to every area, as including drinking. So some people shouldn't drink at all, like Shane was saying. Some people, they might be able to handle it, but they need to have guardrails in their life, just like anybody does in any area, whether it's eating too much, whether whatever. We need to have guardrails and, and have barriers and then have people who can call us on our crap when we're going too far off the off the ledge. Yeah, and I think that's how it all comes back to the honesty thing and why I believe small groups and just having fellowship is so important because if you're if you have real honest Christian relationships in your life, it's really hard for these things to happen because you're telling people, you know, I I went out again last night and had a drink. And then people are going to be like, "Well, didn't you that's like four nights in a yeah. row, bro. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. So it's really just, that's why these problems are happening. It's just because no one's being honest with each other. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can go, really, you can go back. To, and it all goes back to honesty in the end, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Did your, your voice crack right my there? Voice is, my <laughs> voice is struggling. <laughs> that's all right. And so, um, should, we, should we go? To, should we move to this part? Yeah, yeah, do it. All right. So before before we wrap up with uh, with Aaron, a a Ron, do you get that all the time? I get that. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a funny story. I need to shout out my friend Colton. Okay. So my friend Colton, he was one of my best men in my wedding, um, or one of my groomsmen. It wasn't one of the best. Yeah, he didn't make the cut. One of the best men. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, he. He never heard of that skit, that Key and Pill skit yeah. with the AA run. <laughs> so he really thought that when people were saying that, they were making jokes because I was in AA. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, everyone's a jerk. <laughs> so for like a year, he was just like, why is he letting people just like beat, like beat on him with like yeah. this joke? And like, why are people being so rude to him? Until last week, he texted me and showed me a like, shirt that said AA run. He was like, I finally saw the skit. Now I get it. <laughs> That's funny. So before before we let you go, um, we heard that that you were a little bit upset with us. Um, so, upset, not uh, I guess furious would be the word. <laughs> so, uh, well, Aaron actually listens to to our podcast. Unlike Topper, unlike Topper, and unlike Little John. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so the the episode where we talked about best '90s movies, not cartoons, kids, kids, 90s kids, movies. kids '90s movies. Um, so you so supposedly there's a huge one that we've missed that you wanted to address. Yeah. All right, what is it? Heavyweights. Heavyweights. Frank, yeah. Heavyweights. Someone else said something about Frank it. Did. Yeah, Ben uh, Stiller's in it. Yeah, I think it's Ben Stiller's best role ever. <laughs> He's just an obnoxious, you know, fitness guy in a camp, fat camp for yeah. kids, and he just goes insane. <laughs> yeah. And got a young Keenan Thompson in it. That's I right. guess all my friends will know that movie. We quote it all the time. And I guess I can't believe that you guys didn't yeah, mention it. Yeah, you know, one. you are right. Well, that is a good movie. <laughs> but, but I'm going to be honest. I've never seen Heavyweights. What? Yeah, I've never seen oh, it. Oh, my God. I might send you a copy. Please, please do. Really yeah. Guilty. It's really You've never, never seen it either? I've never seen it. I what know. the heck? A lot of few people have said something about it. I'm like, yeah, I know. Ben still it has a great cast. Frank, I just never Frank seen Frank thinks it. that um, um, we had Frank on our on one of our episodes. Um, he thinks that his Ben Stiller's character in Heavyweights is the same character from Dodgeball. 
Dr. Ball. Yeah. yeah, that character would not exist without his character. Yeah, he thinks it's the exact sure. same character. Really? Yeah, that's what he thinks, but I don't, I don't know. But I yeah, need, I well, okay, we'll need to watch out. that thing. That is a good movie, and I and you are right. We should have got it. We don't have to be so mad about it. Okay, yeah. we can only get <laughs> so many. We were thinking, like, we named, like, 40 of them. What, <laughs> I read off a what list. are we missing? Today, today we were going through, we were like, okay, well, we said these movies. What did we miss? Yeah, I was doing dishes and, like, throwing dishes around. Like, yeah, I can't believe these guys aren't <laughs> we, we just assumed that you just didn't hear us because there's no way we could have been wrong is what yeah. we assumed. Yeah. We're yeah. cocky with that. So, um, well, Aaron, um, talk to us just about where people can get your book. Um, you're, you're, I guess your organization is Christian Alcoholic, right? Or, or is that? Yeah. So the blog is, was called Christian Alcoholic, but we're moving our focus from blogging to really just being a ministry. So okay. we're really trying to do speaking engagements, um, putting out free books for the church, um, as well as some books where you can purchase. So you can get AA versus the church on Amazon if you want a physical copy. But I am making it available for just to anyone who subscribes to the um, ministry. Oh, okay. So awesome. if you go on, yeah, so if you go on the website, um, there's a pop up. So just put your email, and you get a free ebook of A versus the Church. Awesome. The first awesome. American Church. And 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 it's a easy read. It's and it, yeah. it's really good book and it's really insightful. And we only got to like some of it today. So um, there's definitely a lot more. And then um, you have another book coming out. At, you said in May, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's going to be on the two-year anniversary of the accident. Okay. Um, so it'll be May 25th, and that book is called um, The Birth of a Christian Alcoholic. Okay. And that's really just a real detailed uh, detailed version of my story. So it starts off from the first drink I had in high school and leads up to the accident. It really shows the reasons why I became a problem, the mistakes I've made. And it's got a lot of embarrassing stories in it. It's kind of written in a journal style it's like real short chapters of uh, stories after stories a bunch of which my mom hasn't heard (laughs) (laughs) a little nervous for her to read it but that'll be coming out in may awesome so yeah so definitely keep an eye out for that but we definitely recommend checking out um um just the the christian alcoholic and just subscribing to that um and we'll put all the all the links on the show notes but there's one more plug right yeah yeah, just um just um, my our um, graphic designer Peter Gemza was in a really bad snowboarding accident, um, real close to death, crashed into um, the pole of uh, uh, not a ski lift. Um, so he had three surgeries: one in his heart, his radial nerve was severed. Um, so there's a GoFundMe that's active still. So it's just GoFundMe.com/slash/Peter um, Gemza. And you guys are going to put in yep. the show notes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys, anyone listening just wants to throw a few bucks to him and his family, he's married, he's got a one-year-old daughter. So there's just going to be crazy medical bills. So if anybody feels um, inclined to give, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's uh, pretty scary stuff. But, um, yeah. So, well, thank you, uh, Aaron, so much for, for joining us. Yeah, this thanks, is great. Aaron. This is actually a great talk. Thanks really for what you talk. do, man. That's important. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. This is the first podcast I've been on, and I'm just glad you guys read the book. Yeah, it's great. Of so, awesome. Thanks, Aaron. I see trees of green, red roses, too. You do sound exactly like I them. see them bloom 
for me and you. And Harmonize I with a topper. To this myself. last one. You ready? What a wonderful world. Oh, that was good, Top. I got you on that. Top, you I, saved Shane's terrible that's voice. That's just like a completely... Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. That's what I was thinking of before. Well, hey, thank you to Aaron for, for being on our, our episode. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that was awesome. fun. So, uh, very nice. So, uh, Shane, voice is still going, huh? Yeah, it didn't change. If anything, it's gotten worse from us making him sing yeah. these songs. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any other songs to sing. I've kind of, I've kind of enjoyed know. you I'm singing the Raspberry <laughs> Boy songs. <laughs> I don't know. I've kind of exhausted my. You have another? Do you want? I'll sing you whatever you want. Uh, now, first of all, I don't want you to sing me anything. I'll the sing. way you said that was I'll really weird. I'll sing you whatever you want. I'm your brother. You're like, <laughs> I'll, if you, I'll sing a song right to you. Yeah. Look you right in the eyes. And sing what do you that want? Song. What do you want to hear? I'll sing you. <laughs> no, <laughs> never mind. I don't even want it. Uh, can you do the theme song for The Wire? No, I don't know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second season, it was no, the Raspy Voice. Right. Yeah, because you, you guys, we're from Baltimore. We should be watching The Wire. Yeah. From, it's about our city. How terrible it is. Topper, you yawning on the podcast <laughs> is, you know what? I think I know what we that was can a real do. Yawn. Yeah, we need something to wake us up. Wake huh? us up. I think I know exactly what we can do. Tip Top News. Brought to you by O'Doul's. O'Doul's? The Christian beer. I don't think the... Oh what would the Christian beer be? Uh, St. Paul's. Communion wine? <laughs> yeah, right. That's not beer. That's wine. That's the blood of Christ. Yeah. But like if you're saying like an Do you remember – not not do the typical news. Do you remember in St. Timothy's? Yeah, that's where we went to elementary school. Yep. Um, it was – it's not a Catholic church. It was Episcopal. Episcopal, yeah. When we did communion – it was wine. Oh yeah, that's crazy. It was legit wine. We were first grade. Yeah, that is crazy. I remember be like, "What? This yeah. is what is this is terrible." <laughs> that doesn't taste like juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gave us legit wine in first grade. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that nuts? That is. Anyways, Tober, what do you got for us? Give us something good. Oh man, well, first things first, I gotta find out your guys' uh, love languages. Oh. Oh, uh, this is gonna be a really Christian. Just Tim give Tom me, dude, oh, huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, no, just, oh, I don't know. Just, just give me your top two. Just give me your top. I, two. What are the five love languages for people that don't know that book? I'll be, I, I don't know. I know. I'll have to remember. Words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, receiving gifts, acts of service. Okay, so what are yours, Shane? What's your top? Whatever. My top uh, top one has always been words of affirmation uh-huh. for me. And then I've noticed in the last like five years, another one that I believe is second now. Now, I haven't taken the test in a number of years, but I believe this is second now is acts of service. Hmm. The, I, I think the test is kind of st- stupid Yeah. because you could tell what answer you're giving. Yeah. If ever you could tell what answer you're giving, then it's not a good test. Because be, you might already think, well, I'm, I'm quality yeah, time. Yeah, or, if, if you can manipulate it, then it's not good. You can for sure mani- manipulate that. Yeah. But I don't think you need to take tests. You just kind of know what you like. Yeah. Uh, mine would be words of affirmation for sure, and quality time would be probably my last is physical touch. I hate mm. physical touch. Yeah, gifts used to be high up there, but it's gotten lower. Um, I still like gifts, and I do like um, what was the other one? Wow. Acts of service. Acts of service. I mean, you like all of them. Wow. Yeah, I like I like all. I mean, I, I do like physical touch. Um, wow. What are yours? Um, words of affirmation and quality time. Oh, everyone the same thing, huh? Wow, quality hey. time. Yeah. You want to spend some time together? Oh, 
You, you should always, know that. That's what this podcast is. Just an excuse for yeah. us to spend time Come together. On, man. Hey, hey, Topper, you are doing a great job. I just want to affirm you in your tip top news. Oh, thank you. That's you the gonna, first time I've. Are you going to do me next? Let's go with tip top news. <laughs> Wow, that's the first nice thing I've ever heard about Tip Top News from, from Eric. Eric. <laughs> I've given you some compliments. Thank you, Shane. I'm going to see because how I've known t- because I've known how much well, it means to you because I know your love language. Oh, thank you. Right, yeah, but like Aaron said, you need to be honest with people, and I'm not, I don't want to just let you settle by with bad Tip Top News. I want you to grow. You don't want to be an enabler. Yeah. Well, I can I can appreciate that too. Yes, you're welcome. So let's right. see. I'll let you know if this is a good one or not. Oh no. Well, I can tell you with your guys' love languages, none of you guys are going to be taking advantage of <laughs> a professional cuddler. Oh god, oh. this is a real thing. Oh what? yeah. I've heard of the guy that like you could pay to walk and just talk no. with you. Have you seen that guy? Professional cuddler. Okay, okay, is it a guy or a girl? Uh, it's w- whatever you want it to be. Oh. Yeah. Where do you find this? So you can find it on sites like Snuggle Buddies and Cut- <laughs> and, and Cuddlist. Okay. That sounds dirty. Uh, yeah. No, it's not, it's not dirty. It's not so dirty. this is not for sex. No, it's sexual. Anything sexual is off limits. Okay. okay. Off limits. Sexual is yeah. off limits strictly. So why? You get a smack to the hand. Let's see that. <laughs> what is he, a teacher? Well, I'm saying, you know, if you're trying to. Get a little frisky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, so anyway, um, for seventy nine dollars, that's all seventy nine bucks for, for a cuddle long? set. For no, 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 no. That's how you can become a practitioner to sign up to be one. Uh, and you, you re- to pay? You receive ten hours of training. Yeah, you you you, you receive training on how to cuddle. Wow. Okay, big, hold on. I'm getting. I'm getting I think spoon. I'm getting this all off. So this is not a service where I pay someone to come and cuddle me. No, it is. <laughs> I'm letting, the I'm person letting who's you coming know. to cuddle with you better be right. trained. The person who's oh, I being, thought, so you okay. can be a cuddler or you can get cuddled. You can be a cuddler okay. or a cuddly. So I could pay to learn how to cuddle that is properly. Correct. Properly, I, ten I hours know, of it's training. A hard thing. How, it's ten like, hours. It's, listen, it's like, what are you gonna learn in listen, ten Eric, hours? Your middle like, school you just, self didn't you just know how to move into a spoon and just stay there. Don't move. Here's how you be the big spoon. Here's how you be the little spoon. What what you, can oh, you learn for stroke, 10 hours? I'll tell hair. you exactly what they learn. Okay. okay. Um, spooning. Okay. <laughs> arm tickling uh, oh, and yeah. deep embraces. What's deep, deep embraces? embraces? Well, you'll have to pay the $79 to figure that out. You don't know. Yes, I do. <laughs> then tell me. It's a blend of talk therapy, yoga, and improvisational, That's what deep improvisational body work. Say yeah. it again. Say those three again. Yeah, deep embraces. That. Say it, Say what they were again. <laughs> deep no, no, I, I keep embraces. hearing that. Did you just give me what it was? <laughs> what are you talking about? You said, you said speak. Did you, you just say to each it? other. Um, yeah, it's, yoga something. Oh, oh these spooning. are just different things besides deep embraces. <laughs> right, right, this right. isn't what deep embraces No, are. no, this is including deep the, the, He said work in your body in ways. What did you say? Um, it's kind of think of it like a. Like Why can't you just say what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> you just said it. Just did repeat it. it? Uh, it's a blend of talk therapy, uh-huh. yoga, and improvisational body work. Yeah, that's right. Body work. Talk therapy. See, okay. just think of it as it's like yoga. Okay, here's here's just just loving into somebody. My, <laughs> <laughs> you did. It was what's funny that people won't be able to see is you did the motion. Um, my my wife likes to cuddle. Uh-huh. Does, does Lauren like to cuddle? Yeah. What okay. wife doesn't? It's true. I guess all girls do. And I'm not a big cuddler. I'm physical touch my last one. Yeah, it's not high on my list either. Yeah. So, um, but you said the talk thing. Mm-hmm. 
My wife would hate that. Well, she there's okay. There's optional. been times. It's optional. There's been times where she came up from work, just get into really the tired deep body works, <laughs> really tired, and and I was just talking and telling her about my day, and she went, and we had small group, and while we're doing that, she says, Eric, I really just don't want to talk to anybody today, <laughs> and I said, okay, and I'm like, okay, I'll make sure that like no one comes up and says hi, or whatever, and I started kept talking to her. She said, no, Eric, you don't understand. I don't want to talk to anybody, including you. She was re- just saying it twice, so I would get the hint that I am part of the anybody. So my wife would hate the talking part. Yeah. She doesn't want me to talk to her. Yeah, she but just wants she's to rest not like while... that all the time. Just that one. Well, instant. she she doesn't want me to talk to her ever. <laughs> no, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. Moving well, the on. thing is, um, there's kind of like there's kind of like a. Uh... I guess a, a schedule to this, so it's not necessarily oh. like you just come in, somebody cuddles you right off the bat. Okay, there's it's non-sexual. Can't be too forceful. It's non-sexual. You got to keep your clothes on the whole time. Okay. okay? Um, they're usually held up in yoga studios. You oh, co- so it's you not come like in. you go to somebody's house. No, that's good. You come in, you take your shoes worried. off, you put a name tag on. The first forty-five minutes are icebreakers, getting to know each other, going over rules about consent and communication. Oh, so here's what's off limits. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Hey, have you guys seen there is um there's like those pillows that's like a like a somebody's shoulder that you can cuddle with. It's like literally a pillow, like my torso is the pillow, and then an arm that goes around and then you can snuggle up in it. Oh, that's kinda weird. Nope. Those are real things. So why pay for a cuddle <laughs> sesh when you can just get that pillow? Man, that thing, po- we'll that, post that, that thing doesn't have a heartbeat. Online, that's true. true. Uh, you so you want to feel the warmth. Of so who body. signs up for a cuddle session? What type of people do that? Uh, all different, lonely people. All different walks of life. Yeah, Most of them in their mid thirties and mid fifties. Single, I assume. I would imagine. I would hope single. Well, yeah, I feel like that would be true. I would be a little upset if Erica said, "Hey, uh, where are you going tonight? Ah, I just got. I got to get a good cuddle session. Yeah, yeah. I got to get my cuddle fill. Well, but here's okay. Let's let's let me let me ask you guys a question. Uh-huh. My wife goes and gets massages sometimes. Uh-huh. I'll I'll give massages here, but but a professional actually knows how to massage. Mm. If if a cuddle sesh is not a sexual thing. Then why can't she go to a place where a professional person cuddles her? Because I'm not very good at it, and I don't like doing it. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. See, the problem is little... we see it as sexual. a intimate, not even a sec- just an intimate being close. We see somebody. it as step number one. <laughs> yeah, we just see it as some, something we're hoping to pass at some <laughs> yeah. point. But, but even if we're not doing it, like like even if we're not actually thinking that, which <laughs> is like. Maybe point one percent of the time, it's it's at least us being close with our wife. But here's the thing, though, I can do that for my wife. I can cuddle with my wife, and it's not hard for me to do. And it's something that she would enjoy more if she were cuddling with me than some random guy. Yeah. So, so if, she if told I you... can fulfill that, like a, a a professional masseuse is way better than I am at that. So a professional cuddler that. is way better than your bony <laughs> body with a baby back <laughs> cuddling. Yeah, but you got this voice in you here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that deep voice. I love you, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. But yeah, I mean, it, it does make you feel a little more safe knowing that it's like not in a house. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You're, you're that's going, what I thought. You're, you're, there's going to be other people around. 
I thought it was just like you, you make a phone call. Hey, hey, I need a cuddler tonight. Send yeah. him over. Hey, just got out the shower. What you? It'd be it'd be so awkward. That would be very awkward. I would feel just awkward the whole time. Yeah. Of like being cuddled with somebody. I'm thinking of like a a school gym with cots everywhere yeah, and just being cuddled. Well, even like I've got a massage before. You've shared your massage story before, which is how awkward that was. Yeah. But like Took I've the got hand a towel and yeah. pulled it twice and put it over my junk and she saw everything. Yeah. And did not like what she saw. Well, who was? But when I, I've, I've gotten a massage before too and like it's still to me it's just kind of awkward. I know that it shouldn't awkward. be. But like, like when I meet the person, I'm like, okay, you're just going to have your hands all over my body. Like I don't know, it, it is kind of weird. Now I, I can get past it, but because yeah, it feels good. Yeah, but like, and then even like then then when then when she's done, and I've only gotten massage with Lauren, two times on vacation, two times, and like, but then like when it's done, it's like okay, well, see you later. Like yeah. it just it is kind of weird. But but you feel I guess these people feel comforted, yeah, and and because sometimes you see someone to hold you, sometimes the rigors of life just get to you. Yeah. And you're stressed out, and you just need someone to hold you. Yeah. It's Sometimes not always... you just need a hug. Mm-hmm. So, to- Shane, would you rather massage Topper uh-huh. or cuddle Topper? Oh, massage him. But you would cuddle him. Well, I mean, you didn't give me any. You didn't give me a third option. I know. Either. I know. But, but... <laughs> <laughs> or both. Or both. <laughs> but would so would you cuddle him? No. I mean, I would. I don't care. No. If we were kids. We would cuddle. Sometimes. It requires less effort to cuddle. But we were. Yeah, but like, there's there's something different about like, I don't know, like like a sports massage. Like they're like doctors or trainers who like work out your muscles, and I'm fine if it's a guy doing that to me. For me, like, so wait, you would lay, me, but I would feel weird. <laughs> so you would lay down, with another guy, take your personally. shirt off, let Topper put some massage what oil if I was on massaging your, back? your inner thigh. If yeah. you were, if you as were, opposed to us spooning, not even looking at each other, we can well, look in separate directions. You, yeah. you can be talking about, well, you can watch on. TV. Hold on, wait a second. You talk about whatever you want. It went from a massage <laughs> to massaging my inner thigh with oil <laughs> and my shirt off. <laughs> well, with your inner thigh, your pants are off as well. <laughs> you guys, you know, okay, now you guys are just you're just changing everything now. <laughs> or I you answered just be, the question, or you just be and cuddling now you're and watching my TV. answer worse. <laughs> I, you're the one that's making. I'm just, we're just trying to throw oh, other no. other ideas out. Like you know what I mean? Like it, I Tom, don't know. I would, I would just we would just come because. Like, so how was your day today, buddy? Just as, as we like, said, yeah, just t- as we there's said, there's gonna be time before we go to bed after this. We could try. To it. us, right. cuddling is sexual in nature. No, we just said that ninety nine percent of the time. percent. It's not. So ninety nine point nine percent of no, the time. No, it's not always. I will say it's, it's not always sexual in nature. It's either sexual or like an intimate closeness. Yeah, and us. since that is the case for me, I don't want to do that with Topper. Why you don't? You're not close enough with him. Not in that sense. Uh, Topper, this, you, no. This is a reality check for me. <laughs> if you want to cuddle after this. Yeah. We could do it. I'm not doing that. See, you don't want to hear that terrible voice in your ear, anyways. Buddy. See, but think you want to hear it, this nasally voice. Yeah, no. Think about this. Look, this person. This person goes on to say, she loves that she's able to put her head in someone's lap and having their hair played with. Eric, mm. that's part of the cuddling. Hey, I do like my though? head played with. Yeah, I like it when See? someone runs their fingers through my hair. I like that. Yeah, I like an arm tickle. Well, <laughs> like an arm I'm tickle. quoting her. I'm oh, quoting her. <laughs> hey, that's not bad. My mom used to used to tickle my arm uh-huh. or did she do that to you yeah uh, i know she loved me more so yeah, right. she would do that and i still like it today and i don't care if it's weird if my mom started doing it now i'd let her 
Remember? It feels good. Remember the one time when we were over at Topper's house and Sue said that Topper <laughs> used to kiss all the way up her arm? <laughs> Sue was his mom. <laughs> he used to, to kiss starting yeah. at the hand and go kiss all, another what? inch all the way up her arm. I love my mama. Yeah. Remember when I used to make Topper uh, tickle my arm when we were kids? No. Yeah, you don't remember that? Yeah, that was so mean. <laughs> what? I would. He would be laying on the floor. I'd be laying on the couch where he'd spend the night. I would put my arm down and say, Topper, tickle my arm. What? And I was so much bigger than him. I would just keep saying it. And if he didn't do it, I'd be like, Topper, you got to do it. You, and I would be mad. You, you were no, there. He, no, he would give me an ultimatum. What he would be. Ultimatum? He would be like, if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't. If you don't tickle my arm, I'm going to tell people in youth group something really bad about you. And yeah. I was like, can you not? Don't spread oh, rumors about me. I blackmailed him. Or did you say, if you don't tickle my arm, I'm going to tell everyone in youth group that you tickled my arm? I, I wasn't that smart. I was like And you, and you would go, okay, fine. And you would tickle my arm. Like, yeah, that that's it. Weird. <laughs> that is really weird. You were there. I vaguely, it's all slowly coming I back. I remember doing I that and watching Donnie Darko. Yeah, well, that's oh, that, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Anyways, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no one's gonna get that joke. Um, all right, well, hey, you watch Donnie Darko. You <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, hey, that was a great episode. I think everybody, even though we had to get through Shane's terrible voice, oh. and Shane switched his opinion on cuddling and massaging. I, did not, I know, I didn't. My opinion stayed the same. So, all right, well, hey, I don't have anything else. You guys have anything else? No. You want to get on out of here? Yeah, let's get on out of here. All right, Topper, set us out, buddy. Hey, everyone. If your love language is words of affirmation like us three, then I have just one thing to say to you. Say it. I love you. Actually, I have two things. And, <laughs> and you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.